0: You know, I, I learned so much about colour, about the colour palette of the voice, about the different sounds I'm able to produce, the different quality of voice you can have, if it's breathy or if it's very like stringent and very focused. And I really use this now for my for my classical singing too.
1: In this episode I'm talking to countertenor tenor and choreographer Niels Wanderer.
0: Nice to meet you.
1: <laughs> Hi Niels. How are you?
0: I'm fine, thank you so much. How are you doing?
1: I'm fine, thank you. Um, Is all well there with you and um, are you healthy?
0: I'm healthy, I'm fine, thank you so much. I have two days off which I love to spend at home so I'm with my partner in my home in Stuttgart and then I have to travel again so I'm um, Excited to see you today on my day off. It's beautiful.
1: Yes. Oh, thank you for your time. It's wonderful to speak to you. I'm so fascinated by your work, um, really. And and uh, you are uh, a tenor and you're also a choreographer.
0: That's correct. Yeah.
1: So tell me about this uh, Saint Petersburg as a single release.
0: Yes, I'm really excited about this. Uh, When uh, the first time Corona hit us all as artists, I had the chance to um, do things I never thought I would do. Maybe I wasn't brave enough or something. or maybe I was too much in my classical music world. And I knew if I ever have the time to do anything else, it's now. And so I had the chance to work with uh, Peter Blate and Ulf Sommer from the band Rosenstolz, quite famous German pop band. And they asked me already if I want to maybe record a song with them, And I was so excited. It's a song about uh, about the forbidden love of two men, and it's really political and uh, something I am burning for because I'm an ambassador of the German AIDS Foundation. So I was like, "Let's do this." And so I went to Berlin. I drove to Berlin. I recorded this song, and today it's now. One week online, we already have over 77,000 views on YouTube, which is really cool.
1: Amazing. Congratulations. (laughs)
0: Uh, Oh, thank you. As a classical artist, those are numbers we normally don't experience. Mm -hmm. It's really beautiful to see that many people are following this journey and are interested, and there is much more to come now. And um, it was a really good start for me, to be honest.
1: But really, this is so wonderful that you that in lockdown, I mean, I, I've spoken to many artists over the lockdown period as well. And I have noticed also that people started tapping into their creativity so much more and that they and, and it's almost as if they had uh, or if artists had a bit more freedom to do things that they normally wouldn't have. And now you saying that you uh, you um, collaborated with a pop band or or a oh. yeah and and did they approach you or did uh, how did this come about?
0: Yes, um, we had some mutual friends from Berlin who always yeah. said you have to work with Niels and told me Niels you have to work with Rosenstolz because I was always creative and even in the classical world I. I sing a lot of roles which are maybe not necessary for countertenor or I like to dress differently. I like to sing, dance, act on stage. I was never this maybe typical opera singer. I see myself more as an artist just in general and um, to sing opera was just one of many tools where I can really release my artistry and my energy and so when i met them they were so incredibly nice and humble and amazing i knew okay that's the right way for me to go um they know how to treat every voice type they knew how what i like about singing what i what i what my Soft spots where my where's my chocolate side in the voice, and they really made it so easy for me to to mm-hmm. step into this world. And mm-hmm. I have now a project called Wanderer, which is my last name, Wanderer, where we are exploring the world of baroque music, which meets techno. It sounds techno, techno sounds, and we will be here. We will be in Vienna next year for the Electronic Church Festival, for example. Right. And I'm really excited to to now find new ways to be free as an artist and to really express my urges and my emotions.
1: Yeah. But isn't this wonderful? Because um, am I right to say that there might be sometimes, and and not from the classical world, but from the non-classical world, almost as if um, opera singing is, is above everything and that, Pop singers are not, or don't necessarily have the same credit as an opera singer. And of course, yes, you, you all study very hard and you work, uh, you know, you're, you have all this technique and so on. But yet there are so much into pop music that, that we should not discredit, you know, and that there are, are many very wonderful artists uh, who compose yeah. and, and, and create in, in such wonderful ways.
0: Yes, absolutely. I I, I really admire those artists, I had the chance to meet now many of them and not only do they sing, they also produce, they create, they compose, they arrange, it's incredible how much artistry, how much much musical knowledge they have and Yes, I know the stigma about opera singers being the real singers and then uh, the others are like a little bit, I don't see the same. I I learned so much about color, about the color palette of the voice, about the different sounds I'm able to produce, the different quality of voice you can have, if it's breathy or if it's very like stringent and very focused and I really use this now for my for my classical singing too like in song for, for example kunstlied to have the chance to really to really paint with your color palette and to really um, express um, the lyrics and honor the tradition but also bring it into a new era new new world like 21st century so I learned a lot from working with a microphone recording listening to myself and exchanging thoughts with other artists which are maybe in the pop or in the techno world it's amazing for me
1: mm-hmm. well I think I love these things. I love when when genres come together really I think that is so wonderful because I think it's it's really not that far apart if we if, if we really go and investigate it's it's uh, I think it's uh, some way um, there's this interconnection between all the uh, all the genres yeah but now um, uh, and this specific theme did that that appeal to you? you say you are a part of the the AIDS Foundation or yes yeah. just you yeah. Know? So, um, and the the theme was very important for you as well.
0: Yes, I mean, to be honest, it was beautiful that it was a song which I could use to support the AIDS Foundation. Maybe you know that every cent of the single will be donated to the AIDS Foundation. So whatever we make with it will be donated to the AIDS Foundation, which I think is beautiful. But I would also have sung it if it wasn't about same sex, or same sex relationships, because I was really, really interested in exploring my voice exploring new music so um it was amazing to have this topic but i would also have yeah. some about hot mm. <laughs> so oh, oh,
1: yeah. but uh, Saint in petersburg the, the title uh where did the title what is the meaning of the title
0: st petersburg yeah Saint book is a city in russia and it's uh we try to catch the atmosphere of this beautiful city, of this very royal city, with beautiful um, castles and buildings. And then kind of in the opposite, we have the situation of our LGBT class community, which are still suffering in many parts of the world, of course. And it's always about, oh, we already won the fight and there's already everything is okay, but actually it's not. So um, that's something, we wanted to put a spotlight on in a very I would also say in a very gentle way. It's not about making this and saying oh guys yeah. it's about opening eyes it's about um, building bridges. It's not about destroying those bridges. It's about building bridges and today for example Cuba released in a historic moment now same-sex marriage and adoption is possible in Cuba which is I think wow. so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Those progress and um, Yes, it's maybe about honoring the tradition and still bringing it to the new century and trying to be as as gentle as possible, but still political.
1: Well, it's wonderful how art can really speak in in such a way. And like you say, it's nothing nothing aggressive. It's really just a beautiful piece of work and it's, it's speaking in this way. And I think this is... So important that we realize how art can um, bring people together and how art can subtly also send out messages and, and educate.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: But now, Niels, I want to know, uh, where did you start in music? What age were you when you started?
0: Yes, when I was uh, four years old, I went to a boys' choir, the Capella Vocalis in Reutlingen um, in Germany. And I became a boy soprano, soprano soloist. I come from a very humble background of craftsmen. Um, I love my parents. They, till this day, are my biggest supporters. And they uh, um, come to every concert and Mm. really do everything for me. And they're very... My my father's actually a bodybuilder. He listens to rock music. He's a Mm -hmm. motorbiker, but Mm -hmm. because of me, he started to listen to to classical music and now he knows the operas better than I do. So it's um, really amazing how this process went on with my parents (laughs) and my whole family, actually. And so I went to a boys' choir and then I went on a boarding school in Malpon, at the monastery in Malpon, where I got highly educated in music, uh, ancient languages and theology. And I started to have really proper vocal lessons there and of course I was already a dancer and worked with a dancer and was dancing around and being in movies as an as a actor so I always knew what I want in life somehow <laughs> and um, after that after my abitur after my final graduation from school I wanted to become a theologist and I uh, mm-hmm. already had a stipendia at the University of Tübingen. and But I said, you know what? There's still this urge in me. I really, really want to sing. It's my life. It's like what makes me so happy. And it's the only thing I can imagine doing for the rest of my life, actually. So I went to a Berufsfachschule für Musik in Dinkelsbühl. It's like between the stage of school and university, there is something in between where you can get educated, you can become a choir conductor for um, non-professional ensembles You can uh, oh. start singing there and so on. And at the end of the day, I made uh, a preparation here there where I had all the tech. The, 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 the technical singing lessons and music theory piano playing conducting i conducted a voice um, man choir with people the whole year and it was amazing mm-hmm. and i can only 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 recommend that because i was so young and i didn't know what i want and after this i knew what i want i had a great time without pressure with really focusing on my singing one of the best vocal teachers ever to be honest, till today, one of my really big inspirations, beautiful woman. And Who then I started... She?
1: Who is she? Hmm? What is her, her name?
0: name? Her name is Birgit Ströbel König. She is a singer, a soprano. She's also a vocal therapist. And um, I think she found the right way with young voices between technical and musical um, education, presence, strength. But she also took care about our souls and about our psyche, and which Wonderful. I think is very, very important. Yeah. And for someone we knew it's a safe spot. We can talk to her and with our little children problems. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really Wonderful. beautiful. And then I, then I studied yeah. in Weimar uh, singing and music theatre at the University of Music Franz Liszt with Professor Siegfried Govitz, who is also a mentor for me till today. Um so I never had a lot of voice teachers. I always stuck to my voice teachers and I was always happy with that. And, um, but as a baritone, not as a countertenor. I started as a oh, baritone really? because mm-hmm. I didn't know it's possible to study as a countertenor. And I was also the first countertenor in my university who ever studied as a countertenor. So I was the first one. And um, but then one they- day...
1: Isn't it a huge jump <laughs> from one to the other? <laughs>
0: actually it uh, i always felt natural in both ways still really? today in my man voice i always use also my chest voice for dramatic moments where other counters use their head voice i have no break between my chest and my head voice which is really easy for nice. me to sing that's quite yeah. sonore sounds so i love to sing with my chest voice also and then at one point I said to my teacher, you know what, Siegfried, there is something in me I have to show you. Maybe you will laugh at me. Um, and I sang for him Lasha Yopianga, the beautiful aria of Almirina of Kendus Rinaldo. And he was like, okay, now we have to change everything. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, that's what you have to do for now. Maybe in 30 years you want to become a dramatic tenor or like a high lyric baritone. We don't know, but yet is the time for you to sing in your real voice. And everything was so easy for me. So it was like effortless for me to sing in this high voice. It didn't have to work so much. And it came really beautifully together somehow. And two weeks later, I sang my first uh, Christmas oratorio by Bach as a alto. <laughs> and so yeah. just jumped into the cold water. And since then, I never stopped singing as a countertenor. And now I am sometimes uh, exploring the world of uh, the male voice. But I stick to my countertenor voice. I love it. It's who I am.
1: but it just shows you when it comes naturally then it's then it's no effort really you know when it's it's your it's your thing
0: yes
1: amazing amazing story and um (laughs) and it's also wonderfully uh, wonderful for me always to hear about the teachers because i think the teachers play such an important role and how they teach you know it's not not like you say it's not just about the technique But that it's really educate, well, it's about the whole person.
0: Yes, I think technique is the fundamental of singing. It's the only way you can survive in this industry. But if you don't have a teacher who also gives you a stability, mental stability, then it's very difficult as a singer to survive because you are always confronted with great emotions in all the ways. And I think it's important to have a person who really understands you as an artist and also as a person, as a human being. So I was really lucky with my two teachers. And then when I went on for the opera course at the Guildhall School of Music, I had my first teacher who is a countertenor, Andrew Watts. So I really had the chance to refine my voice with somebody who really knows... What he's talking about in my specific voice type and that was also like for me a golden golden two years where i learned so much also the english language and finding new repertoire and it was always i was always surrounded by good and supportive people and friends which is really something rare i know that but it's i was really lucky with that um and i'm grateful for that because um if you have no self-confidence as a singer and you don't feel you are um at least good enough for something then it's actually so hard even if you're good to really reach anything you have to be kind of fake it till you make it and once you make it then it's it goes and
1: yeah
0: the, yeah it was really it was really a very good time for me with good people although all there were challenges and of course problems like everybody has it but um I think we made it. It's kind of good. <laughs> wonderful.
1: Well, but but maybe it's also your energy, you know, because that you attract these people, that you have such a good um, at ease feeling in yourself, you know, because there's this yeah. uh, that I pick up also on on your Instagram and and your stories, and so you are really at ease with the artist that you are.
0: You know, oh, thank you,
1: you yeah, wonderful. Um. But now, uh, tell me, um, and and your family. You say your mom and dad they're not they're not uh, musical. Are You don't come no. from a musical family.
0: Not at all. Nobody. Really, Literally mm. nobody. That's amazing. <laughs> nobody who does music. They all they they all listen to rock music. They love rock music. I love rock music too. I think those are the yeah. most incredible singers. Um, but. Um, They really always supported my way and they always say, whatever you want to do, we will be there 100%. And today there will be changes. They really know a lot about music, especially they have good ears. Like they know if something's right or wrong, they know. Mm -hmm. That's sometimes cruel, but it's really good to have it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you want to know the truth from the people who are closest to you, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, and now about your dancing. Tell me about your dancing. Yes, I was a professional dancer. I was a champion in Latin dances. Wow. And then I went on to also work in the field of modern dance. And I always knew that. Um, I don't want to be a dancer in this way. I don't want to be on stage dancing all the time, but I wanted to create what me, Wanderer, who I am today, who is a person who can sing, but also move on stage and who can express his artistic thoughts f- through movement and through singing. So what I love today is to be a choreographer, to work with, um, For example uh, movement improvisation to work with many people on stage to really create those statuesque pictures to create atmospheres energies and especially now in the in the pop music world I felt it was the best thing I could have invested in into my dancing uh, education and career that I'm now able to really um, create my own shows and to really know what I really want when I songs and I have my own, my own dance team behind me with dancers I love to work with and um, I also danced two years ago at the production of Monteverdi's L'Orfeo at the Lanzerais Opera as a singer I was there but we were all also dancing it was very That's challenging that. and very beautiful and yeah. so today for me I'm not a dancer I would say I am a choreographer works on many opera houses and I also direct my own operas. and did Dido and the Neas by Purcell uh, at the monastery in Maubon, for example, and stuff like that. And it's for me now something I really treasure and I know it's important to have. So for me also, I think it's very important as a singer to have a movement education that you know how to behave on stage, how you have your posture going and everything. And um, it's really the, the, the best thing i could have done for my career system so yeah
1: well actually interesting that you say that because yesterday i spoke to mario cassie and he the baritone and he said that uh, movement is so important for the voice we Absolutely. were talking about healthy living and so on and he said that movement is so important for the voice you know so activity yeah. and and so on and now that you mentioned that that's um uh, you know, you, you never think of that. Well, as, as a non-musician, you always think, okay, well, it's maybe just about the voice, but there's so much more in the body that needs to yeah. be worked to to get to that point.
0: Even, even for example, even standing still is an own art form. If you stand in front of the piano and sing a leader album, a song recital, you have to know what your body does. You have to know, understand... How your body does not move for example and that's something i do a lot um if i once a year i do a master class in ireland where i teach as a singer singer and also do the um, performance coaching for singers and we have different scenarios we have the leader arm scenario we also have the opera scenario and it's amazing that most singers struggle more with standing still than with moving on stage mm. because the and gives you other possibilities. Well, if you stand there and be completely pure with your voice, that can be scary sometimes. And also you start with your hands doing something or you're moving mm-hmm. in the wrong way. And that's something, um, it's more about the aware awareness than of actually doing anything with it. But mm-hmm. it's about being aware of your body and being aware what, um, how you want to be presented to an audience.
1: Yeah, of course, because that's also um, what the audience focus on or fixate on is, is thats is, is also the whole appearance, isn't it?
0: It's an experience you you sing. I mean, if you have the most beautiful voice in the world, it's, that's amazing. But you also mm-hmm. have, need to have some kind of um, show gene to have to know if you go on stage, that you sell yourself to an audience and they are very, very welcome and they, they really love to give you their time and you have the possibility to make their time great. But I think it's important to communicate with an audience on any level possible. And it's it's, it's, it's always more than singing. It's always more than just singing. And um, if you only want singing, you can listen to a CD. But if you are on stage, you want to have some kind of storytelling expression mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be too much we don't talk about um, putting sugar on the marmalade on a bread to make it even sweeter and sweeter and sweeter no it's just about making sure that what you want to say and what you want to express will arrive in the audience and it can be you being still on stage not breathing just standing there in the light for 2 hours maybe i don't know it's I think it's just how we do it. And that we know how to do it.
1: Yeah. That's so interesting. But Niels, tell me now, eight-year-old Niels, uh, when you were eight, did you imagine being here? What you're doing? No. (laughs) No.
0: No, I was always with my animals. I had so many animals. As a child, I had ducks and dogs and... (laughs) rabbits and my grandf- grandfather was the ornithologist so i always was in the forest looking at those birds and i knew i wanted to become a veterinary i was like of course i become a veterinary and i always love to sing i always love to act i always love to dance it was mm. always i become a veterinary and a singer i become a postman and a singer i become a chef <laughs> and a singer and uh yeah and now those are my hobbies and now those are my passions besides yeah. singing mm. and when i was eight i never thought i would become a singer or like a somebody on stage or somebody anyone could be interested in no, <laughs> <Yeah. ever>. no.
1: <laughs> that's so interesting because some people some people already think i mean they say the dream is only 20 percent of uh of what actually happens you know, we can only imagine twenty percent of what we become, or what we actually happen, or, or what actually happens. So, um, yeah, I always, I always wonder. You know, these these little um, uh, essays we wrote when we were little. What do you want to be one day? <laughs> yeah. And you wanted to be a veterinarian.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, I think my, my 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 dream of becoming a singer became true when I or like realistic when I was around 15 or 14, because okay. that's when I sang regularly in opera houses where I started really singing a lot as a boy soprano still. And I knew that's the, what I love. I, I I loved how I can move people when I was younger and I loved how much fun it was on stage. And it is something I how to say that? I'm, I'm really burning for this. Like it's my mm-hmm. it's my big mm-hmm. passion and it's the only thing I can do well and it's the only thing I want to do well and I love it and I could not live without it, to be honest. So it's not only a dream for me, it's like a necessary, it's necessary for me to do it.
1: of mm. yeah. well, expressing <laughs> yourself. So what do you do when you're not singing? You said now you, you've you got a lot of hobbies. So what what is it uh, that you do?
0: Yes, uh, when I'm not singing, I'm mostly traveling because I have really many friends all over Europe, which I love to visit. And we spend time together. We cook together. We I love to be in restaurants. I love good food. It's really? one of my passions. I, I, I love to eat well. I love to discover new cultures through food. And then I'm always with my dad. We are uh, on a hike together or we're in the Why nature. Really important for me to be in the nature and to be with him um, and with my family. I have uh, three godchildren, which I love to see as as much as possible. And with my partner, he's from Spain, from Segovia, close to Madrid. So we're always uh, yeah, flying, that, yeah. and, uh, trying to see the families. And yes, as I said, I'm I do some art also. I love artwork, so really? I'm always creating new things, new shows, new choreographies. I'm in the studio dancing with my dancers. It's never boring, to be honest. Um, and sometimes uh, the, the, the beautiful things like going to a cinema and seeing a beautiful movie, I think it's also important and very, very good to relax. I'm not a person who actually, I, I, I don't see many operas in my free time. I, I love it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love to see my friends on stage. Um but for me, when I when I go to the opera house or when I see concerts, I'm already in work mood. I think, okay, what could I what would I do differently? or what do I love about it? Why do I love it? Then in this moment, I already cannot enjoy the moment anymore. So it's um, I'm different to many of my friends who love to go to the, to the concert and to the opera house I, I'm a bit different. I like to go there, but it has to have a meaning. I have to know why I go there. And then I I can enjoy it. But I yeah. I'm never like, oh, my God, tonight there's WhatsApp, like, baby. Let's go and see WhatsApp. Like. Because then I just know I will think about the singers, about the staging, about the life. What did they do different to my other production I saw? And then I cannot relax. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I actually heard a ballet dancer say that as well, that that she cannot go and watch a ballet and relax because she's either. Over- yeah. Self-critical at the moment, or or just a little bit critical, you know, of of.
0: Uh, I, I, a that... I I think everybody who steps on stage and who does his job, I have my greatest respect. Like, how many times were people singing ill on stage and still made it work? I they have my greatest respect, and I'm really. I never would say, oh, I can't go there. This guy sings like this. And I was never this kind of person. But I also think I'm not important enough to say that I'm an artist. I'm not even a real opera singer somehow. And <laughs> yeah. I love singing opera, but like I'm a counter-tenor, So I also sing lead, I also sing oratorio. And I just admire those people who are able to make their living by singing on stage. Yeah. Um, so that's not my it's not my not my motive. It's more about self-critical things, yes, or like yeah. uh, the the aesthetic of the production or something like this. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but now tell me, uh, what is your wish for the future?
0: Mm, that's a good question. Uh, my wish is to build my own music theatre company where I'm able to have wow. uh, a collaboration with maybe a great TV production where we can, where I can really focus on opera, on a project with my singers and staging and an own orchestra and all musicians, on dancers, on actors and really make it work in an LGTB class friendly community. And it's always about the people, about their talent and not about body image or whatever. And to really create inclusive but still marketable opera productions on the highest possible level musically, artistically. And Mm -hmm. I really want to do as an artistic director and as a singer. And then I would love my pop career to go on because I'm enjoying it. I think it's beautiful. I have so much more projects now in the pipeline in this kind of way. I could imagine going to a Eurovision Song Contest one day, for example. That's something we talk about. Um, and just find the right productions where I can sing as an artist and have the chance to perform roles I really love, like Oberon, Julio Cesare. And there's a lot to come next season. Also, I'm really happy about that. And I think Corona really... Corona helped me to focus on my dreams differently. Like two years ago it was about singing in every major opera house in the world as soon as possible, as a lot of, as much as possible. And now it's about singing the roles I really love in the best houses, of course, if possible, of course, but to stay true to your own artistry and your own talent. And that's something which already helped me a lot and already um, attracted the right
1: people really yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: That's, that's amazing and you know this is a wonderful that you can bring something positive from the situation you know that you you can see already the positive things that that came about for you
0: yes yeah. yeah
1: and this is i think this is also uh we we uh maybe we had also a little more headspace to think about all these things you know that's yeah. That's yes. it's just that standing still and just thinking that, that brought this time about. So, yes, yeah, this is wonderful. I, I'm very excited about what you're doing because already what you're doing is, is very exciting and, and all your wishes, I hope they come true. But I, I, I hope to meet you in person one day, Niels. Um, you are Absolutely. such a lovely person and such a wonderful artist. And when oh, you come you. to Vienna, please let me know. Yes, I would, I would love to come. Absolutely. And see. Yeah. We
0: will have some nice dinner. You will come to our show. Oh, and that would be so um, yes, let's see what the opera world holds for me in Vienna. There are some ideas already and some proposals. Let's see. But I definitely will be there next year in, at Easter for those Bonic really? Church projects, which is amazing. It's beautiful people love it I
1: think I would I would so love to come and see this is it sounds so wonderful what you're doing really and you've got such a wonderful energy I'm sure all these wishes will come true for you
0: oh thank you Means a lot to me really thank you
1: have a wonderful Christmas with your family
0: I'm in Spain yes I'm with my boyfriend's family but uh, we will yeah. celebrate Christmas here in Germany a little bit earlier, so we can all see each other today. Actually, after this, I will go and make some plätzchen, some little
1: oh, cookies, cookie yeah. cookies,
0: with my with my three grandchildren. So oh, we are busy. So cool. We are busy today.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, this is great that you're doing that. And on these cookies, are they going to Spain? Are they oh, going I to? I don't
0: be- know if they was if they will survive. I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> maybe let's see if we can. So- okay.
1: What is what is the Christmas like in Spain? Is it um, the same type of thing that they do as in Germany?
0: Mm, I would say in Spain, what I love about Spain is that it's like an open house. And my mm-hmm. boyfriend lives in a village in the mountains in Segovia. <laughs> and all of his friends, all the family, even not family, they're just coming and gather around. Mm-hmm. It's like a flowing thing, like... You never know if you come back from the living room or from the bedroom who will be there because they're always different people and it's amazing food of course and beautiful people it's about i think it's really the christmas spirit of being together and celebrating and um, this year of course due to corona although spain is number one and europe with like the the lowest corona rate at the moment the most vaccinated people we will still have to be careful that everybody is not getting harmed by Corona or whatever, yeah. but there are pests and everything. And so we have good food. I will sing a nice concert with an orchestra in Serbia. Wonderful. In music hall. very really excited to do this. It's the first time that a family listens to me live. So it's like very, wow. oh, good. Yeah. And I And and Vivaldi and Handel and yeah. So yes, it's Amen. it's beautiful at Christmas. And there's snow also because... I chose the only boyfriend who lives in an even colder place than me in Germany, and Spain. Well, really... I, I thought I'd get a summer house on the beach, but I get a house in the mountains. What <laughs> a beautiful.
1: <I> <laughs> so you say it's colder there, because I wanted to ask you if it's warm, if it's going to be nice and warm.
0: Maybe the same. <laughs> when I'm lucky, it's the same. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you should go to South Africa one year because there, the, there you can have Christmas on the beach so you don't have wow. to have it in a cold mountain so. sounds
0: amazing, sounds amazing I'm ready, but I also love snow, that's fine yeah. I'm happy with it.
1: yeah, no that's my mind but um, Niels have a wonderful Christmas day with your with your family and with your partner and um, and I wish you all the best and we'll see each other in the new year then
0: Thank you so much for this interview. Uh-huh. I'm really, really happy that we met online yes. for now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, me too, definitely. And I admire your work so much.
0: Thank you okay,
1: so much. Neil. Have a lovely day.
0: Thank and you. We'll
1: and you soon.
0: Yes, have Bye. a great day. Thank you, Peter. Ciao. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.